Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Any good stories from the road? Pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was gonna die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mongeese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. All right, with no further ado, it's time for the Georgia Show. Welcome in, Palmer and Jake. Palmer, keep your shirt on. Keep your shirt on. <laughs> I just realized Jake and I were wearing the same sweatshirt, so I was oh, going to take cares. it Who gives a rip? Find it's a comfy. Find a master's hat. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> we are all in unison here uh, on the Georgia Show. Georgia, SEC East champs yet again. Uh, that happens pretty often under Kirby Smart, it seems like. Now you got to move on from Mississippi State and finish that SEC road slate. Fellas, what are your big takeaways from that huge Rocky win in Stark Vegas? Well, first of all, I want to make sure you guys can hear me because uh, I had a one of those little messages. Uh, your microphone has been disconnected thing pop up. and uh, So I guess since Wes didn't say anything to cut me off, he can't hear me. So. It's not just my mouth moving. Uh, I mean, it, was, it was, listen, man, it was another one of those things where, um, you know, Georgia didn't play great. It didn't play clean. It didn't play, I don't know, there were times where it didn't feel like it played focused. It didn't coach focused at times. Uh, one by 26 points. Um, that's just kind of, you know, it's, I don't know. I, sometimes I think this team's capable of doing that. 
of kind of because I don't I don't know that Georgia played all that much better uh, other than maybe you know getting an earlier touchdown to maybe change the tone a little bit all that much better against Mississippi State than it did than it did against Missouri. After Nick, Missouri. I'll, I'll I'll say I haven't had a chance to rewatch the game, but one thing that I think about this game versus the Mizzou game, and you're right, that early touchdown was the difference in Georgia's momentum early in the game compared to playing Mizzou. I think that Stetson Bennett saw that Mizzou game. He had a lot of things thrown at him, and we all grade Stetson based on what he does on the field. But how about all the pre-snap checks that he does to get Georgia in the right play? And I think Mizzou really did fluster him, and I think he learned a little something from that, and you saw him have moments where he could still control the game against Mississippi State better than he did in Columbia. Yeah, I don't know that I don't know that I'd go as far as Mizzou in terms of where Georgia played down to, um, because I think that we can all probably agree that that was probably Georgia's worst game of the season. Um, I, I to me, this was more on the level of like a Florida, um, you know, to to play. I felt like they played all right, uh, not not as good as they did against you know South Carolina. If we're talking about games away from home. Uh, not as good as they did against Oregon or, or Tennessee <clears throat> in terms of clicking on all cylinders, but I felt like that they were not nearly as 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 poor of a performance as it was against Mizzou. I felt like it was more Florida where they played okay and then they made some mistakes and and got burned for them there late in the in the first half. Um, you know, obviously stuff to clean up, but I, I don't know that I would go as far as it was it was a Mizzou type effort. Yeah, if you spend a little more time on it, you might talk me out of it. <laughs> you sound easily convinced. Um, thanks for uh, tuning in tonight, guys. Uncle Glenn, Matthew C., uh, onto the bluegrass. That's right. Y'all hit subscribe if you don't already. Uh, this show really blew up last week thanks to that Tennessee game. We missed a lot of the Tennessee fans that were in here. I, I think we give them a lot of credit for helping the uh, channel grow last week because they really – uh, kept the comment section lively, and I'm sure they'll be back now that Oregon lost and the Vols feel like they got a better shot to make the playoffs. Palmer, uh, I spoke with Jake last night, but I want to get some of your <clears throat> thoughts now that you've had a chance to rest and react, that comment uh, column that you write every week. What were your uh, big glaring differences, I guess, between seeing it live and, and getting another crack at it? Yeah, so by the time that I did that one, I hadn't gotten another crack at it, um, seen a couple of highlights, um, but we were on the road, so I hadn't gotten to look into it as as deep as I may have liked, so um, probably not my best rest or react. um, Probably didn't get too much rest, I guess. No, no, not too much rest either, considering we were driving back from Starkville to Tuscaloosa, hitting every pothole in in the state of Mississippi. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I felt like – I think that listening to some of the players after the game, you, you understood um, the importance of coming out and, and setting the tone early in that second half. Um, they, they were not pleased with the way that they finished the first half. Um, I'll touch on that a little bit more later um, in terms of my stocks. Um, but – you know, they, 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 knew, they knew that, I mean, Curry said it after the game. He was like, I can't remember the last time that we got the ball coming out of the, you know, at, that we were, uh, you know, receiving the ball out of the half um, because feels like Georgia has been losing the toss and teams have deferred on them. Well, Georgia lost the toss and, and uh, 
the Mississippi State took the ball to start the game. So Georgia got the ball. They they had a chance to uh, potentially try to double it up there. Um, didn't end up being getting the last possession of the first half, as we saw with the punt and the touchdown. Um, but to come out and Lad McConkey spark give this team a spark the way that he did uh, certainly stood out to me um, because he had that touchdown. seems like a stock that's on the way up. Right. Touchdown on two straight drives. And then on the one right after that had a catch that took him down at the one yard line. So, um, you know, lad certainly gave this team a boost. I would be, uh, wouldn't be surprised at all if he were to win SEC player of the week this week. So how about Kirby at halftime, uh, challenging the team saying that they needed to run the ball to control the game. And he said that the team that, runs the ball better in the second half would win. I think that's a funny comparison to make because Mississippi State doesn't really hang its hat on running the football. Uh, but Georgia had some trouble as a whole in the game. It really had to – sorry, say it a lot on here – really had to chop wood throughout the night to make a dent in that Mississippi State uh, run-stop defense there. But on that first drive out of the locker room, they run it twice – one right, right up the middle between the tackles and one to Lad McConkie, and he takes it 70 yards to the house. Yeah, that was uh, that was huge just because that was – you know, I said this after the game, Wes. That, that was Georgia's answer to that deluge there at the end of the first half. Uh, it was the first time Georgia really got a chance to answer to that um, after that punt return. And, um, you know, that's, that's one of the benefits is, you know, having a chance at the two-for-one um, – one of the big things of just having that chance is that the other chance, other team doesn't get it. There's only one team can have it. And Georgia had a chance at it. Um, and they screwed up the first end of it. And, and, you know, I, I said it after the game, apparently Kirby said something similar. If you're going to keep going at it like that, if you're going to try to be aggressive in those situations, um, you're going to have it blow up in your face from time to time. It's just going to go wrong here and there. Um, but that and, and circling it back, that is the reason that 70 yard play was so big. And then, you know, Georgia came back and got another one and kind of sort of put the game away. And then Mississippi State tried to hang around and, and be a little weird there. Got a turnover from Georgia, got a touchdown. Georgia punched him right back in the mouth two more times, put the game away again. So that was what you want to see from a team with championship DNA, DNA that travels, Kirby Smart says. Yeah, DNA travels, that's for sure. So let's talk about the offensive line. Had a couple comments in our comment section about it. Um, look, Stacy Searles, I knew as soon as they came out a little flat, I knew Stacy Searles was going to be back on the fans' chopping block. Oh, yeah. Y'all can address that whether you want to or not. For me, you brought up that Missouri game, Jake. If there was a common thread between those two games, for me, it was the offensive line not coming out and playing uh, – at least, I don't want to say they didn't play inspired, but they didn't play as inspired as the home team's defensive front. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think Mississippi State did some stuff to confuse Georgia up front and to kind of make them wrong. Like you take some chances, you do some things in a game like this that you don't normally do. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, offensive line did a really good, really nice job outside of one play, really protecting Stetson Bennett. Um, which was a lot, which was much better than it did against Missouri. I'll right. say that. Uh, off the run game wasn't there consistently, but Georgia had its chances. I feel like in the run game, um, ultimately, uh, the offense line didn't play a great game. They're not going to play a great game every week. They had played four 
great games in a row coming into that uh, uh, Mississippi State game. And, you know, had a little bit of an off night, but still got it done. If you look ahead to Kentucky, I don't know how much of the Wildcats you've gotten to see, but I, I would think that that could be a concern for uh, Dogs fans out there. Road game, O-line with another tough test. I know the Wildcats lost to Vandy, but maybe that's because they were looking ahead to Georgia. Do the Wildcats uh, front give you any pause when you think about Georgia's O-line if they have a setback game like this one? If Will Levis is, if Will Levis is Kentucky's quarterback, Georgia's going to win. I'm Maybe they should right try now. him at defensive. He's uh, Will Levis. Will Levis is a bad quarterback. Stock down on that. Stock guy down. For I'm sure. sorry. Like I, I, I'm sure he's a great guy. Mayonnaise in the coffee, gross, but whatever. Eating banana peels. All right. You know you're tough. You're a bad man. He would listen. I would not want to run into Will Levis after making this comment out and about, but Will Levis is a is the most overrated quarterback I have ever heard of in my entire like sports writing career. The the most overrated there's ever been. When you see him at like SEC Media Days, he looks the part. He looks like yeah. an NFL QB. But on the field this year, you want to talk about our dog stocks, which we'll have later on. If we did cat stocks, he'd be way down. That is just outrageous. Uh, Jermaine Burton needs to reflect his career choices, Damian Stewart says. I think uh, Will Levis needs to reflect on the mayonnaise and the coffee is one of his career choices for sure. Uh, one more note on the running game there for Matthew C. If it weren't for Lads and Milton's two long runs, could have been one of the worst rushing performances in the Kirby Smart era. Well, the worst one, the I believe, had to have been the last time Georgia State. played Mississippi yeah. State. Yeah, so, I mean, to a certain extent, there's probably something that Mississippi State does that makes it really hard to run the ball. Um, you know, Kirby talked about that after the game, said – you know, if you look around our league, there's not that many teams that run the ball all that great, um, you know, th th because teams make it hard to run the ball. Um, he said, you know, I don't, I, he said he watched, uh, you know, caught a little bit of the Auburn-Mississippi State game uh, a week before after Georgia wrapped up with Tennessee and said that he, he was impressed with the way Auburn was able to run the ball and um, you know, told us, he said, look, I don't know the stats. I know that they've got some dudes up there on that front. Um, you know, we, we talked about Stetson's, uh, you know, second interception. Man, was that one heck of a play by that defensive lineman to get a hand on that ball. Um, and, and, and to, you know, kind of lucky the way that it just dropped into his hands. Uh, but they've got some really talented dudes up on that front. Um, you know, and, and Kirby said that. And so, um, you know, to, I would say that there's probably something to the extent of Mississippi State good defending the run. Um, I don't know the stats. He didn't know the stats, but the film doesn't lie, and, and they did a pretty good job stopping the run back in 2020, and they certainly did a good job last night as well. Let's talk about these dogs' tight ends, guys, before we move on to the defense, and I could talk for hours about the defense. They are uh... – otherworldly yet again and i think if you're still talking about the nfl draft guys you're, you're missing the point it's over it's november this team is legit too but i got i got to talk about these dogs tight ends darnell and brock catching a touchdown in the same game has that happened i'm probably putting y'all on the spot sec but... championship because that was darnell right. only caught one touchdown yep. prior to uh prior to last night and it was the over-the-top pass against uh, Alabama there. 
Right. I it was. Mean, it almost. It almost reminds me, Wes, of that. Uh, that uh, easy button. You remember those Office Depot or whatever commercials? Yep. Those that were, was the easy. easy button. Yeah, and then they uh, they're like, well, hey, I can't find uh, the other the other easy button. And he goes, hey, use the easy button to find the easy button. <laughs> and it's like, no, that might tear a hole in the universe. You know, George's George's uh, tight ends, both of these dudes catching a get touchdown in the same game, you might tear your hole in the universe. I mean, it yeah. might be something. I was worried there for a minute when I saw Darnell Washington standing right there, wide open. You know, I if I when that ball touched his hands, I didn't know if it was gonna be like that Thanos infinity glove thing or whatever that was gauntlet you thought you were about to just disappear off the face yeah, of the earth and start I, I mean we were we you were, probably wouldn't yeah. be the first person that that had happened to yeah um uncle glenn yes shout out to peach county kiris jackson that catch that throw from stetson look uh that that's quite the connection right there and stetson as i said to start we'll talk more about stetson later on in the show but uh, his two picks, tough, yeah. But he did everything to get the dogs in the right position, and I felt like they moved the ball on a pretty greedy defense, uh, which is tough on the road in the SEC. Um, this Georgia defense, guys, let's look at what they did last night. If not for the punt return touchdown right before half, the questionable play calling from Kirby Smart um, that cost Georgia a touchdown on special teams. Not for that, if not for Stetson's pick, setting them up on a short field, and uh, what would y'all say, 50 to 60% Javon Bullard. Georgia's defense, again, doesn't give up a touchdown in the game. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina, and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music, and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie, and Wrightsville, and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Yeah, the the defense, it's hard to put a finger on. I mean, yeah, they stop the run well and they cover well, but it's it's almost like you can see throughout games, like teams have a little success here and they have a little success there, but there is nothing ever uh, a bread and butter. Nobody ever gets into really this kind of groove against this defense. It's... Georgia's always kind of, you know, leaning and adjusting and getting back in your way defensively. If you want to put it in like a college basketball term, like they're finding a way to stay in front at all times. And it's, it's Kirby really, likes those no layups. Yeah. It's really a, it's, I mean, it's, it's almost artistic in a way, you know, just watching them kind of throughout the game, like, oh, okay, Mississippi State hit them with a run on the edge. Well, they go back to it a couple of plays later, and Georgia's right there. They've they've got the edge sealed up, and or you know they 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 take a shot on on the mesh routes, and then Georgia jumps into a zone or matches up in such a way that they aren't able to you know to get the rubs off of that um, of those routes that come together. It's Georgia just kind of finds a way to stay in front defensively, and it's really who would you credit that to? Do you feel like it is just the simplest saying, Will Muschamp? and Glenn Schumann diagnose it on the spot or, you know, in their huge staff. Georgia has a, a huge staff, and Kirby's a part of that too. I mean, what goes into these in-game 
uh, diagnoses, I guess. I think it's I think it's kind of two pronged. I think number one, you've got a lot of really good eyeballs, you know, looking at what's going on. But I think number two, you've got a, you've got some you've got some styles that are coming together here because you know one of the reasons I always knew that Kirby Smart wasn't just this Nick Saban figurehead, right? wasn't wasn't just this you know dude to stand out front and and say that he coaches Nick Saban's defense uh, and get all the credit was because Will Muschamp had done the same thing for Nick Saban at LSU, and it was a different scheme. It was just a different – it was a different entirely type deal. Like, Will Muschamp was attack, 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 zone blitz, four-down four lineman, um, you know, I mean, just, just always like that. And Kirby was always kind of more conservative, stop the run, build a wall at the line of scrimmage, make you one-dimensional. So they had – there was – they were going about it in different ways. And I think that the conflating styles right there, I think Georgia has different ways to kind of throw water on the fire. They got buckets, then they got hoses throwing it on there, as opposed to just kind of having one or the other and having to go with it like that. I think that's been a big part of why Georgia is able to adjust on the fly and stay with the stay with offenses as they try new things and, and try to open things up on this Georgia defense. The pressure is uh is constant. And if there was going to be a letdown for me coming off the Tennessee game, it was going to be, can Georgia still get after the quarterback and be as fiery as they were against Hendon Hooker? They didn't get the sacks on uh, Rogers Saturday night, but they got in his face a lot. Jalen Carter had a tackle for loss. I believe he had a sack. He did. Um, he did. So it, it wasn't as prevalent but it is constant. It is always one, two guys beating somebody and shaking the quarterback out of the pocket. Yeah, I mean, they've, and, you know, we've talked about this before, and Jake said it several times during the game. They play really, really, really good red zone defense. Um, it's, it's a lot easier to defend when you don't have to defend, a, you know, 100 yards and, and 52 across. Um, you know, it, it, the amount of space that you're covering is, is just that much shorter, that much smaller. So they are incredibly talented and fast and physical. And they're able to, you know, when you put that on, it's, it's almost like playing on a you know hockey rink there where you get them in a confined space. Uh, and, and it's a lot easier, um, you know, the physicality and stuff, uh, you know, comes out a lot more prevalently. Um, so, you know, in, in that, that red zone, you know, they held them to two field goals there. We talked about, you know, how had it not been for, um, you know, had not been for the punt return and had not been in for sets and setting them up with a short field there, they were two for two in the first half in terms of uh, red zone stops. Um, and, and you know, pretty, pretty strong all the way through. So, um yeah, I mean they they do a really good job of playing red zone defense and and doing what they're really good at uh, in a short field and and it certainly comes through with uh, you know on the scoreboard. We have a, a debate going on in our comments section. William Smith, I got to give you a shout out. I give Uncle Glenn a comment. Matthew C. Every time he's in here, Tomahawk Dog, our one of our other regulars, um, Mutt. Who's the who's the Mutt? What the Mutt guys in here? Uh, yeah, mean so, mug and mutt. Mean mug and mutt. Sorry, mean mug and mutt. He's probably mean mugging me right now for getting his name wrong. Uh, but William Smith says Georgia would finish fourth in the Big Ten East. 
not even up for debate. Um, I love that y'all are settling that in the comment section. I'll let y'all handle that there. But Georgia is finishing first over at BreakingT.com. They've got the Ring Me shirt from Stetson Bennett. Bennett Bowers, 22. And you know what, Wes? Oh, one of the one of the cool things about Breaking T is is I think they've already shown us they're working on something else. Like mm-hmm. you, you know, you know, they're never it's resting coming. on their laurels. Yeah, you know, you know, it's coming. I mean, we 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 started with these four NILTs right here, the 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 Stetson Bennett one, the Brock Bowers one, the Chris Smith one, and the Darnell Washington, and then there have been two editions since the season began. Who knows what's coming? Um, you know, SEC championship game time, you know, Georgia wins that 13 and 0 heading into the playoff. Some more stuff's coming in time for Christmas. Great Christmas gifts here. Unique Christmas gifts. Yeah. So, uh, William Smith, if you want to share your address on one of our fans DMs, I'm sure they'll be happy to send you some Georgia love up there in cold, miserable Big Ten country. Guys, let's uh, chop some wood. And actually do our dog stocks. We can still chop wood while we do dog stocks. I'm just ready to get ahead in the week and start talking about there Kentucky clearly. Um, big Kentucky game. And I, and, and I know that a lot of people want us to hear our thoughts on the SEC championship. I'm sure we'll sprinkle some in here and there, like some uh, confetti sprinkles on a king cake. But we're going to focus on the dogs for a minute. My dog stock is the guy that I talked about a lot already today, Stetson Bennett. And I am just – impressed someone on our board said this is the floor for Stetson you get a game that maybe he makes you a little bit nervous but he's still going to produce he's still going to get the dogs in the right spot he's going to make throws that's a a big stock up for me from last season the throw he made to Kiaris was big uh the throws he made in the Tennessee game to uh Marcus Rosemey Jack saying I mean those are big time throws that really only come with elite skill and I'm not saying Setson doesn't have it, but he had to build on it, or it comes with experience. And Stetson's got a lot of experience. He's seen a lot of things now. I'm not saying people can't fluster him. Mizzou did, but he gets better because of it. So uh, my stock is up on Stetson Bennett. I don't take him for granted back there in the, in the backfield for the dogs. Yeah, I was going to go stock down um, for, my dog, for my dog stock on uh, clock management there. But we talked about that already. So I am going to go stock up here, um, make a little bit of an audible stock up on Mark Rick, um, you know, in the heart of Georgia fans, heart of Florida State and uh, Miami fans trolling Florida. Um, It was uh, on ACC huddle there last night on ACC network after uh, Florida State had beaten Syracuse was talking to Mike Norvell and, um, you know, said, coach, I've. Played at Miami, coached at Florida State, coached at Georgia, then coached at Miami. I don't. I know y'all don't play them this week, but I know who y'all play at the end of the season. Will you do me one favor and kick the Gators' ass? I love that. Got to love that from Coach Rick. Glad to see him out and about and uh, had a, a little fundraiser deal last week, too, with a lot of former dogs in uh, Watkinsville, I believe. So good for that. Uh, good to see that for Coach Rick. Yeah, funny dude too. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of cool that he's, uh, you know, still, still in his heart like that. You know, and obviously uh, he didn't do much. You know, kicking of the Gators 
uh, rear ends like he once done, but he did it a few times, did it more than the guy before him and the guy before that. So, yep. uh, it kind of got, maybe got a little something going. Listen, I've got a, I got stock up on, uh, on Mercedes Benz stadium because George's about to play some games there. I got a feeling, um, you know, if everything kind of goes like we expected to go, Georgia gets Kentucky, Georgia gets uh, Georgia Tech, Georgia gets LSU in the SEC championship game. We were talking hypothetically about what we think that line will be. Let's stop here real quick. Wes, what do you think the line will be on Georgia? I was thinking about that today. I was thinking somewhere around 15. Yeah. That was, that was kind of where I thought too. I ended up on the high side though because I went third and I had to pick a different number. What'd you say, yeah. Paul? I said fifteen was kind of the low end, the the floor of where we thought it would be. Um, I had it at what sixteen and a half. Sixteen. Yeah, and a half, I, I think I'm going to go nineteen. There's something I know it's a lot of points, but for some reason, I don't know. I just. I think this is a tough matchup for LSU. We'll get into it later. But, again, uh, the SEC championship game. Georgia played Mercedes-Benz Stadium to start the season. They're going to play the game 13 in, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. If they win, they're going to play game 14 in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I mean, almost no doubt about it. Game 14 will be there, there too. So I know Kirby likes at- the turf there. He, he likes me- like measuring his players' metrics yeah. on the turf. And it's right up the road. It's it's a match made in heaven. Yeah. And one of the things I think will be interesting is, you know, let's say Georgia does everything it wants to do, 15-0 national champions. They will have played 20% of their games in a neutral – one specific neutral site. Wow. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a weird little, you know, thing that happens every now and then when you got a neutral site game. But, uh, uh, you know – a lot of Mercedes-Benz stuff, and I actually love following games there because they got these little TVs in there for you uh, that uh, you know you're sitting there and you're looking for a replay, and it's usually about a good eight or nine seconds behind the play. You're picking it up; it's awesome. You got a great soft serve machine too when it's up, oh, and, yeah. up and running. Uh, put on more than a few LBs covering Falcons games back in the day. Every other week, it seemed like guys. Uh, when you mentioned the neutral site, Jake. Before we wrap up here, we had a lot of Tennessee fans talking to us. We hope, you know, we get that rematch rematch against Georgia. I don't imagine that it would be in a semifinal game. Say Georgia wins out, they they win the SEC championship. I but I but I do wonder about this. Okay. Normally we have this conversation and we'd say, uh, look at last year. Georgia won't play Alabama in the SEC champion or the the playoff semifinal right after the SEC championship, right? Because they don't want the same game back-to-back. Do y'all think that because there will have been more than a month between Tennessee and Georgia that the committee may be more inclined if Tennessee makes it in as a four, as the four-team, four-seed, Georgia makes it in one way or another, do you think they would be inclined to not have that matchup? No, I think they'd go for it 100%. I think that not only that, but the way they showed kind of the contrarian go at things with one versus three with that Georgia-Tennessee match on tap, I think that I think the committee is probably – as this thing's about to get stretched out into 12 teams, I think the committee is about to do some kind of harsh reality, tough love type stuff that maybe keeps you – do, do it do some things on purpose that maybe keep you from questioning 
the integrity of it going forward. And I think one of those things is, you know, hey, we know that there was just a matchup played, but this was our one and this was our four, and we stuck to it just for messaging's sake. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, by that. and and another thing I would add in there is I don't know that they're gonna have much of a choice because with the way TCU's playing, um, you know, I don't and, and TCU already being ahead of Tennessee. Um, I don't know that TC that Tennessee is going to be able to do anything that would impress them enough to jump TCU. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, it also wouldn't surprise me if they're trying to avoid having another SEC on SEC national championship game back to back years. Um, you know, I, that, that's probably not great for ratings. So you know, if you can if you can guarantee. An SEC team in, and if you can guarantee that they will not be playing an SEC team in the championship game, uh, that feels like it's good for all parties and goes against what you were saying there, Jake, about them, you know, maybe maybe doing some things differently than they have before and doing them just because that's the way that uh, that 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 they should be, that they way that they actually are, um, as opposed to you know mixing some things up for uh, the sake of scheduling and whatnot, but. Um, wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. Well, yeah. at this point, there's there's only two outs. There's only two ways Tennessee doesn't get in. Oh, I mean, I get. I guess the third would be a Tennessee loss of some sort. Sure. Um, but you know, USC and Clemson are the really the or you know, or a loser of the Ohio State Michigan game. Yeah. So, I, see, I, that's I where the Big Ten. Can I, make I, it I don't. I don't think it'll happen, but. I think it's uh, I think it's got to be USC just winning out, winning the Pac-12 championship game, or uh, Clemson doing the same just to kind of get national perception in there. I think uh, you know I hate to say it for Vol fans, you might be end up being the victim of some SEC fatigue this year. Yeah, that could happen. I'm just interested in it, and we got into some really deep committee conspiracy theories there. I feel like I need to wear my tinfoil hat a little bit uh, because we just don't know. And we're always thinking about the committee behind these closed doors. What are they thinking? What are they saying? You know, why are they pulling these strings here and there? And that's why they do I it. I heard they watch this show that they watch this show as part of their research. I think, well, actually I think William Smith is on the committee. Oh, so yeah, that's the, that's the plot. That twist sounds there. Like a, you, Bill Smith. Is that his real name? Does he go by Bill? <laughs> Bill Smith. Um, well, a lot to talk about when it comes to the SEC championship, the playoff in the weeks ahead, playoff, and a lot to be determined still, too, because that Final Four could look a lot different this Tuesday than it does by the end, as we all know very well. Y'all uh, head on over to dogshq.com. Sorry to say you missed out on the $1 for one year premium promo if uh, you didn't hop on that, but the good news is it only went up 9 bucks. So you still got it, $10 now over at dogshq.com. This show's free because y'all are hooking it up on the premium side of dogshq.com with a lot more uh, juicy details over there that we can't just give out like candy on this show. So y'all check it out. There's a link to it in this show's description, a link for breakingtea.com if you want to get the new uh, T-shirt selection in time for the holidays. Because uh, you got to start doing that now. Don't forget. Don't forget to do that. Jake Palmer, I'm glad you made it back safely from Starkville. 
Now you gotta hit the you road. You were right, by the way. You were what? you were totally right about uh, uh, how it felt, stadium. how the stadium felt. Yeah, it, you know, I had forgotten the specific comment, but the one about it being in the front yard of Fraternity House, yeah, or the backyard or whatever. That was. I don't know why totally that was the image. On the nose. Yeah, yeah, totally on the nose. But little downtown area in Starkville wasn't bad. I was telling Palmer, you know, we we actually got the the joy of experiencing three true SEC college towns all in the same weekend, you know, because we stayed in Tuscaloosa, went out, uh, got some dinner there, you know, went to a bar, had a drink, uh, got to go out a little bit downtown uh, Starkville, and obviously you roll back into Athens on uh, on Sunday, you know, you get to see the, you know, kind of the, the beautiful classic city. So three real college towns, not like a Lexington, Kentucky, or, a, or a, you know, a, a – Austin, Texas, you know, or even a Knoxville, Tennessee. I mean, that's where I know that's where Tennessee's at, but that's also there's a lot going on there other than football. So, uh, but you know, real deal college towns. Don't uh, don't throw too much shade on Lexington. Lexington's all right. Yeah, I just it's 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 just a bigger town. It's just a little bit bigger than a bigger than what a college town normally is. You know. Yeah. Love the SEC. Some knowledge dropped on me too about Starkville that. Starkville and Tuscaloosa are the two closest SEC towns geographically, which I never would have known, and uh, I haven't looked at a map to confirm it. So that could be fake news, but y'all check it out if you're that intrigued by it. I've heard that before, too. Thank you for confirming that, Palmer. Thank you for watching The Georgia Show, listening uh, on all the platforms. We have it on Apple, Spotify, you name it. Replays there, replays here on YouTube. Y'all have a great week. We will talk again Wednesday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Dogs HQ YouTube channel to look ahead to the Cats because they looked ahead to Georgia, and it bit them. See y'all then. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in 
West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 